0: I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and neuroscience nerd, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for ambitious overachievers and recovering perfectionists who feel stretched thin and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a recovering perfectionist with big career goals, I know how frustrating it can feel to never have enough time in your day or to endlessly procrastinate because you lack the confidence to take action i spent years understanding how our brains work and the mental habits that get in our way. Each week, I'll share actionable strategies and guest interviews to help you get relief from your to-do list, build your confidence, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. Today, we're joined by Anya Rock, host of the Rock Your Joy Podcast, mom, entrepreneur, and certified high-performance coach, to talk about how to get out of your comfort zone and go after your goals. Anya has spent two decades helping women transform their lives by finding the sweet spot between the hustle and flow, with mindfulness, mindset, and no BS strategies for getting more out of life. She uses her years of experience in yoga and mindfulness, as well as her adventurous spirit to guide female entrepreneurs out of overwhelm and help them learn to embody joy. Welcome, Anya. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. So I know I introduced you a little bit, but I'd love for our audience to hear more about you and kind of what got you interested in working in this area.
1: Oh, well, um, I mean, I really just feel like it's been a journey and just following my intuition each step of the way. So I actually started years ago in theater school in New York. Um, that's where I studied yoga for the first time. I always share that yoga really saved me, um, in a post 911 New York City in the emotional throes of theater school, that yoga was, you know, the grounding place that I could go and, Ironically, movement and breath, which someone pointed out to me recently, is is a really where I've come back to full circle is incorporating embodiment and breath and these mindful practices into my more you know modern life now. But uh, moved to Chicago and um, began working in a network marketing company alongside of yoga and built that for about fourteen years while I had a family and. Um, I now have two kids who are eight and 10. And a couple of years ago, I just started to feel that kind of itch of what's next, you know, where do I want to go? And it took some time, but really, um, I think the important thing is what I've learned is really honoring that itch, honoring that tug and that feeling of restlessness, or just even it can come up as, um, you know, some uh, feeling of, of dissatisfaction in something that used to give me so much joy and and be something I had so much energy for. And so I began to do focus more on coaching. And then I started to really realize that a lot of the coaching that I was, the coaches I was working with and the kind of coaching training that I had been in. And then I was able to kind of see back into the trajectory of all the work I'd done is really based in this masculine energy of hustle. And For my own healing and my own journey, I started to work with and study and explore again um, some of those more holistic practices. So I studied breathwork, and I started to work with an embodiment coach, and I did a mastermind, and really just for my own um, journey, but realized this is the missing piece for a lot of people, uh, particularly for women is understanding how do we bring in a sense of our purpose and joy through finding a balance between our masculine energy and our feminine energy and the power in both and understanding we both have, you know, it's not um, male or female, it's just these energies that exist within us. And so that's really been most recently um, how I've been bringing the two together and finding ways, you know, through... Meditation and mindfulness and breath work and mindset and journaling, and just really asking myself and then bringing women along for this conversation of what are we here for? You know, what is our purpose? And we really have one shot at this beautiful life, and let's live it in the most authentic and joyful way possible. So, how do we do that? How do we get to that place? So, that's kind of the long story of where I am,
0: <laughs> how I got to where I am and what I'm doing. I love that. I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about what you mean by those differences between masculine and feminine energy. And if we can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So when I say kind of finding
1: the magic spot between the hustle and the flow, the hustle for me is a really masculine energy. It's a very, it's, it's important and it shows up and it serves a great purpose, right? the, the Getting things done—that energy of like—I um, even think about now, like different kinds of exercise I might be doing, and really trying to balance out that all of the exercise I am doing in my week is not this kind of high intensity, but that I am balancing that with a, a more soulful, flowing energy in my workout. So, in the same way, in my life, and in all the spaces of life, of finding my the softness and the strength. Um, because the feminine energy, if you will, has a a, a receptiveness, a but a true strength in our ability to pause and to listen and to slow down and to connect in a different way and through a different part of our being. Um, many of us, when we are in our masculine, when I'm in my masculine, I'm really operating kind of from the neck up, I think, really coming from this space of cerebral and that's where I was talking about the coaching I was doing. It's great. It's wonderful to sit down with our goals and understand where we want to be and how to get there and have this very intellectual and cerebral idea. But when we drop it into our body and we understand how it feels to be in that place of more success, maybe what's coming up for us and where we're recognizing that in the body. When we integrate those two spaces, we become a lot more powerful.
0: That's so interesting. I was just talking to someone actually this morning about how hard it often is for us to rest and to take a step back and to get out of that hustle culture. Do you think these concepts of energy come into play there?
1: Absolutely, we're taught, and not just as women but as a society that rest is weak, and you know it's just useless, and you know you see examples all over the place of just more more, more more is better, more workouts and you know so I think resting is really sacred, it's really important, and we have to disassociate from this narrative that it's lazy or that it's unimportant, and even teaching my children that rest is important that you know a day off in our pajamas just hanging around is as important and wonderful as those days when we're out connecting and being with people and being at the beach and doing those other things that both have value and it's it's really being able to and it's it's not like a there's no sort of one and done formula it's really about just constantly checking in what do I really need, and what are the stories that might be coming up that are telling me? And sometimes we have to push past things for sure. We definitely can have things that you s- but it's having that intimate connection inward and starting to trust. And then, you know, through a lot of this work, I am much more trusting of my intuition. And I think that's a really important place for us to be as in as women is to be that inner connection of like, today I really do need to rest and I'm going to honor that so that I have the energy to move into these other spaces, you know, in the coming time.
0: I'd love to get your perspective on this because sometimes when I have clients that ask, we talk about rest, they ask me, they say, you know, Nicole, how do I know the difference between when I just need rest and when I'm procrastinating or avoiding something? Do you have any strategies for finding that difference kind of in your body and your intuition? You know, I think you can kind of test
1: it a little bit, right? So maybe looking at, um, I do actually a lot of, um, I, I have an—I wear an aura ring um, when I go to sleep and I take my heart rate variability every morning. And so I'm actually using some scientific data to kind of check in with my body, not just how I'm feeling, which I think is helpful too. So I have real data like, okay, today, I didn't sleep super well. And, you know, maybe I was up with my kid in the middle of the night and I woke up and my HRV says, you got a score of four. So take it easy. And my aura ring is like, oh, you're, you know, temperatures elevated. I know I'm also coming up on my cycle. And so when I have this data, then I can start to tune in. I love cycle syncing, which is kind of another conversation I'm not an expert in at all, but Again, becoming really intimate with our rhythms and cycles—that's a huge part of it as women. So, if I have all of that data, and and I'm having a resistance to resting, then it's really just looking at like, well, what is the thing I might be procrastinating for? You know, if you say, well, I'm I, I'm supposed to write this paper, and instead I want to sleep. <laughs> it's like, right? Okay, well what is it about the paper, right? Is there an emotional charge to it? Is there something coming up for me around it? And can I give myself just a little space? And and resting doesn't necessarily mean I take the day off and do nothing. It can mean I take a walk in nature and I reconnect, or I just go sit in the grass and I let the sun be on my body for a few moments and I connect with my breath. And then you can come back and say like, am I ready now to approach this in a different energy? So I don't think it also has to be black or white. We can kind of notice. And then, you know, just understanding if there's a lot of resistance, maybe it's, there's a you know, something, it's not the time to do that project or something that needs letting go of. Like there's so many variables that I think are worth really just tuning in and evaluating.
0: That's super interesting. One thing we talk about a lot on the show, and I'm glad you brought it up, is sometimes there's this disconnect between our mind and our bodies, right? And like you said, we get into, you mentioned the masculine energy where we're thinking about everything neck up, right? It's all of our head. Doing all the decisions, and then we ignore the rest of our body. And, you know, for my background, that connection between our brains and our bodies is so important, but we do tend to ignore it sometimes. Do you find that? Yeah. And we're
1: just kind of taught to from the beginning, right? We're just kind of taught to like ignore and push past, and, and there's value in that sometimes. You know, I have a daughter who plays softball, and sometimes she's got to shake it off and you got to get back on the field, and that's important as well. But it's um, it it can just be too much, right? And you hear athletes to talk about it all the time, like the um, the inability to slow down and honor what's happening because they have so much grit and so much right. perseverance. And everything has another. Everything has a shadow side, even the most incredible strength.
0: Yeah, super interesting. So the other thing we talk about on this show a lot our strategies for productivity. I'm wondering, is there a way to use kind of this mind-body connection that we're talking about and our masculine and feminine energies? Is there a way to use this to help us get more done or make better use of our time? What would you recommend? Yeah. So I always think too, the effort to get more
1: done, is sort of like we become a slave to our to-do list. Right. And we end up in a cycle of never enough. And it just feeds into this feeling of like, when I get all this done, then I will be worthy, happy. When I blank, then I will be. And so as you talk about as well, like if we can own this feeling of happy right now, and then start to work out from there, really on a daily basis, looking at like, what has to get done today? What are my three really important projects? Or how can I move the needle a little bit on this one project and then having, you know, at the end of the week by Friday, what do I, what are the five things that I want to have accomplished so that I don't wake up Saturday thinking, oh my gosh, I have things to do this weekend that I never got done. So I think there's practical choice management tools that we can use, but then also, you know, having a ritual and a routine for me, it's my mornings. My mornings are, precious time for me um, that I take to connect inward and kind of set my energy for the day. And then that I think allows me a different productivity, but also a different level of focus for the day.
0: Yeah, I like that. I really like that idea of kind of checking in on ourselves as well, whether that's in the morning or throughout the day. I know that's something I'm working on and I've talked about on the show before is noticing when I'm no spiraling, starting to feel super anxious or super stressed or putting all that pressure on myself or having all those shoulds, I should be doing all these things pop up is to you know take a minute and pay attention to what's happening for me, whether that's inside my body or inside my brain and really getting clear on, okay, what is triggering this? for me what is it about what's going on that maybe is outside my energy levels for right now or isn't working very well with me and even taking a few minutes to do some of that reflection can be so helpful in maintaining our energy throughout the day. Yeah, we spend
1: so much of our time reacting to other people's energy. So something I work with with my clients, I'm I'm you know, I don't have any great demands, but I really encourage everybody to carve out time in the morning before the computer before, if they, you know, if there are kids in the house, like before you start tending to other people's needs, that you just take 20 minutes, 30 minutes to just be with yourself and to determine like, what is my energy for today? Where, you know, what is going to be the obstacle that gets in my way today? Um, And how am I going to overcome that? And for me, that looks like a meditation, and then, like I said, I always do my HRV reading and I check my aura ring score, and then I do journaling um, I do you know ten minutes of journaling every morning, and it's such a an important piece of carving at that time. I used to wait to be woken up or kind of run late, and I call myself the the wake up and catch up mom like I was always reacting to someone else's energy and It's the same when people like wake up in the morning and pull up their email and you start scrolling and like, it only takes one email to just send you into a spin of someone else's agenda last night when they hit that at 1140 and you wake up and read it. So it's mastering that early energy in the day before I check in on email or whatever it is, right? Even, even on my kids, I want to receive them in the morning when I've already had time to be with myself.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's another thing that I'm working on as well. I was finding something very similar. I'm good at not touching my phone until I get to my desk, but I have a four-year-old and she was waking up early for a while. So my days were always starting with like mom, mom, mom from the other room, right? Which like jolted me awake. I started off stressed. My energy was way off as soon as I started going. And then I just like you said, I always felt behind all day. Like I'm always starting at this deficit because I didn't have that chance to wake up myself fully. I'm also not a morning person at all. So I need some good time in the morning just to get my brain going. And when I was being woken up like that, it was really throwing me off. And so now I've started getting up just a few minutes earlier before I know that she'll get up. So I can even just have 15 minutes to like brush my teeth and wash my face and just like allow my brain that space to wake up before I'm pulled, like you said, into someone else's time requirement for the day. I think that's a great recommendation for all of us.
1: Yeah. It's become absolutely sacred time to me. I mean, if I, I think of it like if, if I missed brushing my teeth, like if I miss my morning routine, I'm like kind of going through the day, even when I'm traveling, I'll just
0: sit in bed, do a meditation,
1: just take a few moments before I go
0: out into the world. That's another really great benefit to having that morning routine too. Just like you said, when you're traveling or you're out of our normal space, we talk a lot in the show about how our brains get used to routines and they get used to habit. And it can be really hard when we have to shift those, when we have to all of a sudden work from home because there's a pandemic or we're traveling for work or whatever it is, we feel off, right? So if we have those morning routines, not only is it setting us up for success normally, but it's something that we can carry with us and set us up for success when we're in that new environment. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I just moved to California, and everything is new, yeah, <laughs> and I can feel my brain working in overtime about every new turn and new you know new routes, places and just the unfamiliarity of everything, and I just can feel it like growing <laughs> or I tell myself that anyway,
0: yeah. Actually, I'd love to talk about that a little bit more because I know you've pivoted a number of times in your life and really, like you said, changed course in your careers, moved around a whole bunch. That is a lot of change. And most of us don't love getting out of our comfort zone. Can you talk a little bit about how you do that, what that change is like for you, kind of how you make those decisions? Yeah. So most recently, um, we moved.
1: I moved our family to California from Chicago, and it had really been on my mind and in my heart for years. Having moved from New York, I had always wanted to move to LA and I'm being an actress. And I'm not in the theater anymore. I'm not doing any acting, but I am writing. And I just, I really wanted to be, you know, when we looked at the map of California, I always knew it was Southern. But for many years, I just, I felt like it was really, it is really hard. It was really difficult to and the more, that, you know, you have kids and you have their lives and there's so many things kind of grounding you in one place. And actually a lot of the last two years, the the, the embodiment, the breath work, the this work of igniting the feminine has been a, a huge part of it, of really trusting myself and trusting that inner intuition and trusting in the outcome and not really, you know, fear absolutely came up and, but I felt really equipped with the tools. I had, you know, people in my corner, I have coaches, I have a therapist, I have, you know, so many people in my corner that I could go to. And I also had tools to work through that fear and recognize it and be able to ask my family really to to go on this adventure with me and to take a leap of faith. And it's. It's recognizing kind of like what you said about how do I know the difference between rest and procrastination? Like how do I know the difference between fear of something really not working out and just this, the fear that's going to stop us from making change. And it's, it's just really checking in constantly. Like I can't say, well, if you do this and this and this, then it will all be easy. It's not, but it's, having those tools and having these practices to um to have this inner dialogue and this like intimacy with yourself and then trust is a huge piece i mean i felt like i could have had trust tattooed on my wrist because there was there's so much letting go of this false feeling of control right i just have to put one foot in front of the next i have to trust that it will work out it's always worked out in the past and you know i i feel like, you know, um, having moved to other countries and cities, um, I do have some evidence that it works out, but I think that we can also look to other people for that evidence if we haven't done it before and say, I see that there are always challenges, but that there's growth with those challenges. I mean, even watching my kids through this process, there have been incredible. There've been. It's challenging for them, but I can see them growing, you know, as people, as little individuals, and having to present themselves to new people in a new way. And it's an opportunity for them. They're and they're scared and they're excited. So it's like having the ability to feel both and, and let ourselves have that full spectrum,
0: right? I think that's a great recommendation you made too of looking to others for examples as well. Because I know sometimes it holds us back, right? It's like, well, I want to try these new things or I want to get out of my comfort zone, but I've never done it before. So I don't really know if I'm going to be able to do it. And then what do I do, right? But that's exactly it. It's that you know, there are 7 billion people on the planet. There have been billions of people before us. Likely someone has done something like this before. And so we're not really starting from scratch, even though it feels like it. We can use these examples, whether they're mentors or coaches or family or friends, or we read books. There are so many places we can learn from others' examples. Yeah. And I think always, you know, especially recently,
1: this idea is really important to me that at any point we have permission to pivot, to rewrite the story, to change lanes, like all of that is false evidence, the stuff that keeps us, you know, it's really us looking out into the world and in our identity and that we've sort of carved out like, well, this is how people see me. And I really want to encourage everyone. If there, if you have a, something on, you know, that, that intuition, that tug, that thing you you really, you long for and can't let go of, then go for it because there's so much joy in, recognizing that we have way more freedom than our mind gives us credit for.
0: (laughs) Yes. Because it wants to keep us safe, right? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. We have talked about that so many times on this show before about how really our brains are designed to keep us safe. And for your brain, the safest place is right where you are. Even if where you are... Isn't that awesome, right? It's not working for you. But change is so hard for our brains because there's so much uncertainty and so much unknown. And that's exactly what I always recommend as well is focusing on those possibilities of where things might go to get out of that place where we feel stuck.
1: Yeah. And that's that's just it, right? Vision of we don't have to have it all. And for me, in fact, I had mentors who would always say like, when you have a crystal clear vision of where you're going, you'll be able to go. And I always felt a little stuck around that. But what I did know is I was looking for an energy. I was looking for a feeling. And so I began to trust that. Like when I get somewhere, if I came out here to look at houses or come visit, like I always had this feeling that I belong, that I was supposed to be here. So sometimes, yes, I believe in vision boards. I I think all that's important, but also like, what's the feeling you want? How do you want to feel in the space or You know, if you're thinking, whatever it is we want to change, our environment, our job, our identity, like what is the feeling that we are trying to get more closer to?
0: I like that. and I really like focusing on the feeling as well, because then that helps us avoid that trap of always just going after a goal, right? Like you said, like when I get to this place, then I'll feel fantastic and everything will be great and everything will be amazing, right? That's rarely the case. And often when we get there, we're left feeling now what? what's next, right? So rather than that destination, really focusing on that journey and that feeling and how we want to be in ourselves throughout that process. Yeah, absolutely. The journey is the journey is what we have, right?
1: We don't actually know how much how many more days or you know, we have a finite number of breaths. Somebody said to me the other day there's a a book they recommended and it talks about like our 4000 weeks, I think. Okay. And in a lifetime, like it's not that long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so, you know, just really moving away from the sense, like you said, of the destination and just being in the, and like coming back to the present as you were describing is so helpful, just that right at your desk or right where you are when that feeling of overwhelm comes or the fear of making the change. It's like, just come back into your body and ground into the feeling of where you are and then what you're searching for.
0: I like that. Speaking of books, this is a new question I'm asking everyone. If I was your best friend, what book would you recommend I read? It can be fiction or nonfiction.
1: I am reading a book called Happier by Tal Ben-Shahar. And it's all about this conversation, actually, about how so many of us are like on the hamster wheel. And then there's kind of the opposite where you're like, oh, only if it feels good, like only in the moment. And how to kind of ba- find the balance between two and the two and where real lasting fulfillment and joy lives. So it's oh,
0: fantastic. really good. Yeah. yeah. I wrote that one <laughs> down. I'm going to put it in the show notes for everyone as well. So they can find it if they're interested. Well, thank you so much, Anya, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. If folks want to find out more about you, they want to work
1: with you, where can they go? So you can um, go to my website, which is www.anyarock.com. Anya is spelled A-I-N-E and then R-O-C-K. And I'm on Instagram, Anya underscore Rock Your Joy. And I'm actually launching a new membership. So check out my website in the coming weeks because I'm going to create a community for exactly this kind of conversation of how we can just be in this energy together of mindfulness and joy and working toward, you know, the pursuit of a beautiful life.
0: Oh, fantastic. I'll put all those links in the show notes as well for folks too. Wonderful. Thank you one more time for being on the show. And thank you everyone listening at home. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast.